You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mir, on this Tuesday afternoon. Let's turn to our very first topic and guests of today. In the next 20 minutes or so, we are going to hear about an upcoming musical called Carmen in Hong Kong with Lucy Choi, who is a classically trained pianist, singer, and the co-founder of More Than Musical, which is a local non-profit that aims to make opera in Hong Kong more accessible. And Lucy is no stranger to the 123 Show, so I'm really happy to welcome her back to the studio. How are you doing? Lucy. Oh, I'm so glad to be here and seeing you again, Noreen. It has Me been too. too long. It has been so long. And thank you so much for, for braving the rain and the typhoon uh, to come into the studio. Being My pleasure. With us. <laughs> we are live this afternoon on Facebook so our listeners can see uh, Lucy there, Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. So first of all, for some of our listeners who may not know your brainchild, you started uh, more than musical a few years ago. Yes. 2016. Uh, tell us the, the beginnings of it and what is it? Why did you decide to set up this nonprofit? Right. So I was a classically trained musician. I really enjoyed opera myself. But when I went to opera, I'm sorry to say, but most audience, they are gray hair people. I was just feeling so out of place and started from then. I kept thinking, is there anything we can to do to promote classical music and opera to the younger people, at least people around me, around my age. That's why a few years ago, I'm very lucky to, uh, to have met my more than musical partner, uh, Rumiko. We decided to create more than musical together to make opera much more um, easily accessible from the local Hong Kong people. What do you what, what do people say when you tell them about opera music? What, what comes to their mind, especially younger people that when you speak to them? I think first of all they have never heard it. They have no interest to try because um inter- entertainment these days are so easy. You know, they can do Netflix, they can go clubbing, they can go they have a lot of competition. They can go karaoke, right? Why bother to sit there for 3 hours? you know, just try to figure out whether they like it. And opera has been like a bit too long and in foreign language. And they thought, you know, how the actor, actress, they look like, you know, they are people in museums, in big costumes, or like they are very fat people. So we want to break down all these taboos people have for opera in our productions. Because they're not. It's actually a very stylized performance with really beautiful characters, very beautiful music and sing that accompanies it. And when you actually sit down, you can feel all the goosebumps oh, yes. sort of rolling over you. And you don't really get that from, I suppose, Netflix or, or, or YouTube. Yes. So wh- wh- when you first started seeing opera in Hong Kong, you were surrounded sort of by, like you said, the grey hair people. Are you noticing a, a, a shift? In- yes, definitely. So we have quite a lot of local talents here. People who have trained abroad, they are very passionate about classical music too. We want to give them more opportunities here. And also all over the world, there are so many well-trained Asian opera singers. But to be honest, oh, wow. um, it's, it's for you know Chinese or Asian looking singers, they have less opportunity. Because think about if you are doing an Italian opera, and why would you cast a Chinese singer versus an Italian singer, Italian mm. singer, for instance, right? So the, the Asian singers have to be extra, work extra hard on an extra level to compete with the same opportunity. That's why we are the only 
opera company in Asia doing what we do in terms of uh, accessible opera. So we want to provide our first um, opportunity to Asian singers, especially. Yeah, that's such a good point because typically, how do they sort of get into the scene? It's very difficult for yes. them to break into the opera circle because they, so to say, don't look the part. Yes. D does it matter though? I mean, under the makeup, does it matter if they're Asian? Um, I think audience perception, yes. You know, when you go to a ballet, for instance, you would imagine that the dancers are Caucasian. If there's like other colors, you say, oh, you know, you, you spot them. There's already something in your mind that's, you know, that's tradition. And also, I think um, diction is one thing in and opera, it's good especially. to break down those sort of barriers yes. and to have diversity as well. So when you see a black ballerina or an yeah. Asian ballerina, it's sort of, you know, actually, I, I would fully support that ballet company more. Exactly, yes. So people are changing their mind these days. And also in the opera world, um, you know, like, like us, you know, our first language is Cantonese, but all the, most of the operas are either in Italian, French, <sighs> German. So, you know, you have to compete with the e Europeans to, you know, sing in their language. Uh, so it's extra hard, really, for um, non-European language speakers. Yeah. So I, I really respect all these singers from the bottom of my heart. And how do these singers, well, yourself included, and I know you sing opera as well, Lucy, how do you perfect the accent? Because, you know, just the, the, the rolling of the tongue and all, it's really hard. But every time when I see, um, I've, I've been to performances by, by More the Musical, I'm blown away at sort of the pronunciation mm. and the singing. How do the singers practice? So the singers, they have to they have a coach? like that. Yes. So, yeah. um, of course, in the years they have been learning singing, they usually have a diction coach. Oh, and like, so one for singing and one for diction. Uh, usually they are the same person, yeah. like your, your singing teacher, for oh. instance. But at, to some level, like, like yesterday, we had an outreach event, which is a masterclass. We had three local, you know, Hong Kongese singers, and they are performing in front of our music director who is from Ital Italy. So he was like really emphasized on the note, each word. How can you make the words with the music to deliver the purpose of the words? Mm. So you, at, at some level you need a master. That's why uh, singers around me, they still go abroad all the time to learn from different masters. That's wow. something else I really respect them. They learn every day to make themselves better. Exactly. It's not like you get a degree and that's it. You have to constantly yes. up your game and, and make you a more credible and authentic performer. Yes. Wow. So Lucy, this is exciting that uh, Carmen in Hong Kong uh, is going to be performed on the 30th of July all the way through Saturday, the 31st of July at the Box Free Space in West Kowloon. Uh, tell us a little bit more about this musical. It's quite special. It's a bit of a an, an adaptation, if you like. Yes, so uh, what we do is we took the masterpiece Carmen, the opera, uh, from a two and a half hour condensed into 90 minutes. So it's a commercial movie length. And we, instead of using big costume, big sets, we use videography. And our Carmen is, so in the original story, Carmen is a gypsy girl from, you know, in Spain, right, in Seville. But this Carmen is a local Hong Kong girl. So the plot of the story happens in Hong Kong. The first scene happened in Wan Chai. The second scene happened on Temple Street. And the third is on, on the race course. So we want people to come here and they can be part of the story. Because 
when Carmen was first written, it was very, very, how to say, um, it, it bring a lot of discussion because women at those days, they couldn't have freedom. They couldn't own their life. They, could, they couldn't choose who, who to love and who to serve. So Carmen get killed at the end, right? And we think everyone, uh, especially also women today, we, we fight we fight too every day. We fight mm -hmm. for our career, we fight for family. We want to choose whatever life you want. We want a choice. Exactly. exactly. So we're all common in some ways. Yeah. Wow, that's very deep. Right? So we want the story, we, we want everyone to sit there and relate to the character. If you were born, you know, in a, in a very, you know, kind of not grassroots or, you know, normal people in Hong Kong, then why, why would you get killed or, you know, um, crucified in some way if you want to pursue your dream. So yeah. we want people to sit there, not only enjoy the art, but also think of themselves. Yeah. Wow. And the adaptation in Hong Kong, how did you sort of think about the different locations for the adaptation? How did you make it very essentially Hong Kong? Well, it's a very interesting story. So we, um, we, have, we have a wonderful director, Jennifer Williams. She's from the state. She is specialized and famous for doing this kind of um, immersive opera in the US. What she does has, that mean? Well, so it means, you know, in, in an, in, when you come to our production, you don't feel like you are just sitting there watching the stage. You feel you're part of it. Yeah. And she is very good at using multimedia and videos instead of, you know, big sceneries and big sets. And she actually came here almost three years ago now. So she came here, the whole team brought her from, uh, you know, very traditional real estate of, of Hong Kong. She, she, she went to Sam Shui Po and then she went to the peak and then she went to the race course and then she went to Temple Street and then we, we brought her to the best bars in Hong Kong. Different so she, iconic places in yes, Hong Kong. Yes, yeah. she was absolutely amazed by how diverse people are here and you know, there are different classes of, of people here too. So she had experienced it. That's why she rebuilt the story on what she has experienced in Hong Kong. Yeah, wow. Um, and let's talk a little bit more about uh, how the pandemic has affected uh, more the musical and also just the rehearsal process. It seems that um, yes. COVID is still here to stay. Um, did, did it have any impact on, on Carmen in Hong Kong? Wow. Um, so first of all, making an opera in normal days was difficult enough. Um, so it, so this production was meant to happen two years ago. The first time was cancelled because of the show show issue, and then the COVID. And so this is like the third time. So we have to do it. Third time is the charm, they say. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thank you. Um, and of course, quarantine, right? So we, in the original plan, we got to fly. Eight to five, or eight to ten people to Hong Kong, and reduced to five. And at three, and had to go through quarantine. Yeah. You know, two to three weeks. Of course, extra cost on you know flights and then hotels. Um, and one side story is our soprano couldn't go on the plane from Italy because her COVID test wasn't oh, valid. Oh no. So there were lots of ups and downs. And then after they came here, and everyone had to do COVID tests from time to time. Um, and then we couldn't sell 100% of our seat. Because of the social distancing regulations, people, you couldn't have yes. a, a full house in, in that sense. Yes. So at first, when we start um, selling tickets, we were only allowed to sell from 50 to 75%. <gasps> 
But I think everyone was is so hungry in art after after COVID. So we got almost sold out in two three weeks. Amazing. And uh, it, and and we got the good news. We could open up to eighty eighty five percent now. So we have a little bit more tickets to sell. Um, and so it's another challenge. Also, uh, tiny things like you know because we have a flautist who played flute. Uh, he has to have his only the chamber because he couldn't wear a mask when he was playing, right? Oh, yeah. I, things like that that we don't even think about as yeah. the audience. Yeah. So there are lots of like big, big and small things. Like, And then the venue asks us, oh, if, if the singer's not going to wear a mask during performance, then they have to have like a three-meter distance from the from the audience. So it means we couldn't add more rows in the front and then, so things like that. And during the rehearsal process, did they have to... Because I should imagine when you're an opera singer, when you're performing, it's quite restricting to wear the mask. Yes. So do you have a special type of mask or do you just have to be like, okay, there needs to be a bigger social distancing? I mean, how, how does it work? So during the rehearsal... Uh, first, like you know, we were asked whether all the artists have either vaccine or got their COVID test done regularly, um, and then of course everyone's negative. And then when during rehearsal, they all have to wear mask. Yeah. Um, so it's quite hard for them to sing full voice, I must say. Uh, but in rehearsal, we can we can endure that. Wow, because even sometimes in, in this heat, when we're talking with our face mask, it can feel a bit yes. restrictive. I yeah. can't imagine singing yes. w- with, the, with the full mask. And also because um, it's drama, right? Yeah. So you want you you to see people's faces. Exactly. Um, but I would say we are very lucky. Our cast is extremely good. So even I could just see their eyes, I could tell like the facial expression is so into it. Yeah. Um, so how relatable do you think Carmen is uh, to, to, to the audience in Hong Kong? You mentioned just now we are all Carmens. Mm-hmm. Um, watching, the, um, watching the performance, how do you think that the different audience members will relate to, to Carmen? Uh, not just women and, and men as well? Um, so it, it's quite interesting because this opera was meant to be happened before all the social issue, right? And because the character of Carmen is to, you know, find your own freedom, you know, believe in yourself, strike for yourself. So I think... you From that the, perspective, yes, there's that underlying yes, political, I, social... <laughs> yes, but what the audience would pick up is up to themselves. But I think both men and women, they can relate more after all that has what's happened. happened in this last two years. Yeah. Um, so more the musical has been going on for almost five years or just over five years. Oh yeah, time flies. Time does fly. How do you think the scene, the mu- that the opera music scene has changed in Hong Kong? Uh, definitely much more vibrant. Um, we have more opera companies now. Um, and also we have more well-trained singers and musicians came back. Oh wow. Or now recently stuck in Hong Kong, quite a lot of them, I must say. <laughs> and also another another thing is like we because uh, usually the arts organizations they fly in a lot of performers yeah. and that's also got restricted. So actually now the performances in Hong Kong is very Hong Kong artist con- 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 uh, centric. Yeah. Um I think this is one thing and another thing is um the younger generation these days they are quite um tech and art savvy. They want to experience something new, especially under technology. So actually, this is something new for them, even though opera is such a long tradition. When you mix in multimedia elements, this becomes something sort of from the future. (laughs) 
Yes, and uh, because we adapt the story to modern days, so in the props is like you know film, right? You know, when the celebrity came out, you know, the, all, all the other actor and actress like they do selfie. You know, it's just like if you see a celebrity today, you would do the same. So it's very relatable, I think. Yeah. Um, Lucy, uh, before I let you go, so it's two days on the 30th and the 31st of uh, July um, at West Kowloon at the uh, Box uh, Free Space. Sometimes I wish they were, you had longer runs. Is there often a restriction from, from the venue that, you know, you get the two days and then that's it? Yes, spot on. Because we have moved like twice already. Yeah. So basically this is, oh, they basically told us, okay, we have like these 10 days free. But because we need um, a few days to set up the venue and then a few days to have rehearsals. Yeah. So at the end, we could only have two performances. Yeah, oh, and it happens all the time. Every time we get sort of directors and people from uh, theatre companies, that's often the, the case. You know, you spend so long rehearsing and then sometimes they only have one day. Yeah, so yes. that, that happens. But we would definitely plan for a rerun. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it has been, and actually we are, talking to different opera houses in the world so we may bring Carmen Hong Kong to different uh, cities in the world because you can do Carmen Hong Kong here you can do Carmen Tokyo in Tokyo you can do Carmen Singapore it relates to all the people in big cities really what a fantastic idea Lucy I wish you the best of luck for your wonderful performance which is happening on Friday the 30th of July all the way through to Saturday the 31st of July you can still get some tickets and it's at the West Kowloon the box free space uh, for those of you who are listening and want to find out more about more than musical uh, have you got a website and what's the social media yes please find us on www.morethanmusical.org and also you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn at More Than Musical. All channels of communication is open. You can look for Lucy there. Thank you so much. It's so lovely to see you again. Thank you, Laurie. see you soon again. Thank yes. you so Thank much. Thank you, everyone. Bye.